Black Friday Blu-ray deals have been off the charts the last week. Amazon, I think, is the place to go because that way you can just see all the deals, order them, they get shipped right to your house. It's perfect. But if you do want to go out to the unwashed masses of society, I think Best Buy is probably the place to be. Although, I don't know if you guys saw, but Target is doing buy two, get one free. But I don't so know I what the deal is. I saw that. But yeah, what are, what do you have to buy two for? Like $25 a piece? Nah, or? I have no idea. I just saw mm. that, that they were doing that deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be there when the doors open. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll be there. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm running out of money because I've already bought about 30 films. Which is insane be- because that you haven't done that I'm, since we were making YouTube videos back in <laughs> high school where we went out I for know. the first time and got the $15 Blu-rays. Now you're doing 4Ks and yeah. you bought, what, 30, 35? It's, is that the official I, number? I honestly have fuck? lost count. That's how many I've gotten because if you look at our posts, I've made three posts over the last three days and I just got those in the last three days. So, like, there's more that still haven't arrived yet, and there's more that I got before that, too. So, I mean, grand total in the last month, probably 40. I keep I kept on thinking that this was John's week because of it his seems obsession like it would be. with uh, Mia Goth. <laughs> but I got to remind yeah. myself, oh, yeah, this is Nate's picks. So, before we get into the movie, A Cure for Wellness, uh, I imagine that you have a nice little trivia question that pertains to the film. It, 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 yes, it does. Um, I, I went away from like the what actor was gonna play this type of thing, and I went with something kind of bizarre. Um, okay, good. But it's it's rel- like it. it's it's relatively simple, so I'm not expecting it to be too difficult. But so in the flashback where you see the young kid in the car, he is seen playing with an action figure in the back seat of his car. What is the character that he's playing with? Jeez. Oh, A. He Man. B. G.I. Joe. C. The Terminator. Or D. Robocop. Notice how I kind of added everything in. I like that. I, I wasn't really I paying attention to the action figure he was playing with. Um, but when you said it, the first thing that came to mind without hearing the. The options was He-Man, so I feel like maybe it's just like subconsciously in the back of my mind from memory, so I'm just going to go with He-Man. Okay, Jonathan goes with okay. He-Man. He-Man. All right, this is a good question. Um, He-Man. And I remember C-Man. because in the film, oh, there was it's different. literally a close-up of the action figure in the backseat of the car, and I looked Damn. at it, I'm like, wait a second, that looks familiar, and it's RoboCop. Ah, uh, you think nope, it's RoboCop? It's actually, one of the other ones. Well, it's the Bruce correct Wilson answer is oh, RoboCop. Ducky is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just remember him. <laughs> that. He was like flying it around, and then I'm like, God, that's a real stoic standing action figure. And then it like turned towards the window, and I'm like, Ah, okay. So I tried to throw in Terminator to be like, oh, That's wait a smart. minute, there's that another. But I was going to I was originally going to put Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator because it wouldn't be the metal Terminator, it would be him. So but it doesn't matter. Mm, yeah. Congratulations, Ducky. You won this week's satisfaction. <laughs> Maybe if awesome. he was paying less attention to his stupid action figure, he his dad wouldn't have killed himself and jumped off a bridge. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, so first of all, happy Thanksgiving. This episode is coming out on gobble, Thanksgiving, gobble. so hopefully you guys watch this movie before you are indulging in your turkey uh, or mm, whatever during. food you eat if you're vegetarian. I've um, heard a lot of people are going toward ham because it's just better. A lot of people better. do ham. It's often. Ham is yeah, you know. definitely better. Because like eh, with turkey, no. dude, there's so many fixings that have to go right to complement the turkey. I feel like with ham, if it's done right, like you have to have the cranberry sauce, the gravy, the stuffing... I can't Sometimes just eat dry turkey cooked inside of the turkey. That's yeah. but that's, that's the, also true. But like, that's the part. That's the point. Like you can't have the turkey without that stuff. That's why it's called Thanksgiving, not Hamsgiving. If if I ever go to someone's house for Thanksgiving and they are not serving turkey, they're serving ham. I won't eat. It. I I would probably just leave. I just turn around and leave. I would bring. I would take the beer or the wine that I brought. For the event and just take it with me, just drink in the car on my way home. It's um, not that you don't like tur- not don't like ham. It's just tradition that I'd I'd walk in, look at the ham, and then just go ham, and then walk away. <laughs> yeah, I did that's that. The on right the, response to have. I, that's I just every time we get we play disc golf, just I'm just randomly gonna scream ham at the top ham! of my lungs. And <laughs> oh yeah. god, does anybody? do anything or they also are like like across the course like 300 yards away another guy's like ham no just spencer in front of me he doesn't acknowledge it but he like secret secretly laughs yeah okay (laughs) i I was laughing so Um, i know what that's from i was i was just pissed after losing my disc i think it's from ponyo um ponyo oh we need to pick that at some point i've picked it and it's lost at some point (laughs) so Maybe it'll work its way back here. But um but yeah, so happy Thanksgiving. We are talking about a cure for wellness. This is uh this is Nate's pick. So why did you go with this weird little psychological thriller for our Thanksgiving holiday here? Well, I think you kind of already know because this photo on our document is kind of partially the main reason. But uh well we'd hinted at about it like weeks ago. About oh maybe care for wellness would be a cool one and then I was like huh huh hint hint strong hint so hey uh-huh. care for wellness and now we all own it so and then we all bought the Blu-ray <laughs> exactly yeah because I yep. saw that it was four dollars for rental and then I looked at my local used uh, Blu-ray store and it was like seven ninety seven I'm like okay I'll just pay an extra four dollars and just get it for eight bucks uh, because I I've only seen this once before and it was back when it came out in 2017 and i did not know what to make of it i didn't like it but then again i feel like i was watching this movie like it was on in the background so i don't feel like i it had my full attention because i if i a week ago before i even went into this movie i probably couldn't tell you much about it other than it's just dane dehan limping around a castle for two and a half hours but uh, oh, well, so, uh, it's a sanitarium, sanatorium. But it's, it's a, a castle, castle in real. Life. That's what I would have told you a week ago because I didn't remember literally uh. anything about the movie other than yeah, just the the filmmakers and who was in it. But um, yeah, so it was almost like a, full, a first time watch again here on this watch. But you guys have all seen it before, I imagine. I saw oh, this in theaters in 2017 at like a 10 o'clock like Thursday night screening when it first came out. Damn. Um, okay. Not that I was like. I saw the previews and was like, oh, my God, I need to go see Cure for Wellness. But, like, I was at the time where it was, like, Tuesday, Double Feature Tuesday. That was the time of my life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I saw this. I was really, really kind of grossed out because there's a lot of imagery that's anti-John in this movie. 
Um, but there's also a lot of imagery that's pro John in this movie. Um, so it kind of makes up for it. Very and uh, like yeah, all the saggy I mean, butts like, and boobs. Really into the yeah the uh, the the bathhouse scenes with all the old people, elderly asses. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, the, it was there was a draw there for me, and but truly, I just remembered. I didn't remember a lot about the actual movie or the story other than Mia Goth, but I knew there was like a really, really unsettling twist at the end, but I couldn't remember what it was. I just I remembered same. a bed yeah. and a rape. I remember yeah. the third act yeah. being pretty bananas and involved fire, but I yeah, I couldn't tell you what yes. it was. And it, Nate, did you when when did you first come to this movie? When it came out, I think I bought this. I got it for three dollars at Best Buy. And Dang. I was just like, Oh, I heard this was good, but I've never seen it and I purposely the first time i watched it i think i watched it at like 10 o'clock at night because i was like yeah i kind of want this to be creepy and ominous and it definitely has a look to it just a very almost like a christopher nolan desaturated like just depressing look it looks depressing but it's a beautiful movie like this movie i think would benefit really well from a 4k i think it would look awesome it, would look it really looked a lot cool. better than I expected on regular Blu-ray. Oh yeah, like, Blu-ray looks phenomenal. It looks yeah. so good. Like I mean, it's a movie from 2017, so you, I mean, feel like we haven't watched a ton of like new new movies on here. But like this movie basically could have been a 4K in my mind. Like you could have fooled me. Like but, the um, shot so. of the train going through the mountain. That tunnel, that's the shot that's that I think like, of. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, that was like the promotional material for the movie too. They led with that shot amazing. in the trailers. Yeah, because just of how amazing that shot looked. But. uh for those uh, that are listening that haven't heard of A Cure for Wildness, do you want to tell the good folks what this movie is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want me to do it in an accent? or um... No, you don't have to. Mm, no? I don't know if it warrants it, but maybe a Mia Goth impression? Your okay. best like, anchor pod, anchor ad reading. <laughs> okay. A Cure for Wellness, 2017, directed by Gore Verbinski who directed the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, Rango, and The Ring. Uh, right. Cast is Dane, De- <laughs> Dane DeHaan, <laughs> Mia Goth, Jason Isaacs, and for some reason, Matt Damon. He must have played one of the eels. Um, oh, okay. Actually, no, he might have been the the one like attending that was like masturbating to the gross nurse. Um, <laughs> yes, hey, that makes sense. Hey, Matt Damon, we need you for just literally an hour. <laughs> It'll just, take like, yeah. we'll fly out to Germany. It's one hour. I can do it in twenty. <laughs> okay, I got fine. you. <laughs> but uh, I'll be there in ten. <laughs> uh, an ambitious young executive is sent to retrieve his company's CEO from an idyllic but mysterious wellness center at a remote location in the Swiss Alps, but soon suspects that the spa's treatments are not what they fucking seem whoa 6. that's the real log line huh yeah With it is. profanity and everything wow okay exactly missing the g too uh 6.4 imdb rotten tomatoes is surprising 42 percent critic wow. and audience tied and a 3.1 on letterboxd i am very upset <laughs> does that surprise like, you though that's the question is like this this movie you go if you go into this movie knowing nothing, you're probably not gonna love it the first time around unless you're like a big film buff. That's what and... I did. Like when I first eh. watched it, I, I I think I might have seen a trailer, like that might have been it. And but you blind bought like, it on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, just because of your, yeah, you had curiosity towards it. Curiosity and you're into these types and it was of movies. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. This is just the type of movie that has like 
specific scenes that a critic is just going to be all... They're just going to piss him off, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5, because fuck this movie. See, that's what pisses me off about professional critics. It's like, I know they're paid to critique a movie, but it's like... Come on. But like here's it's the thing. a movie. A lot of people did a lot of work even though it was a bomb. <laughs> well, people did a lot of work on you Trolls could say that too. For every as well. single movie, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> the emoji movie. 100%. With with this movie and on this rewatch, uh I went into it just completely with an open mind. I was like, "All right, cheerful on us. Let's do it. Going to dive into this film." It's not really a good movie, but it's not a bad movie whatsoever. It's just, it's so, it's held back by just how ridiculously stupid the story is. But the movie is so incredibly shot. The performances are actually really good. I don't really get the the, the whole deal with Dane DeHaan. I mean, I think that, I think people in the studios have kind of like picked up on that over the years because you don't really see him pop up in too many other movies now. But like putting him as like the leading role here was kind of ballsy because he is. First of all, his character is super unlikable, so he is the lead, and you're following uh, him, who's just an pr- arrogant uh, fucking prick who's a Wall okay. Street guy. Obviously, you're going to have to give him a character arc in the movie, but like, he's just not a likable guy, and it's Dane DeHaan, too. Just like, he, he's, he just is so dry with all of his delivery and everything, so putting him in the lead was just like, yeah, he doesn't really have it going for me. I don't know. So like, watching him lead this movie was kind of like rough at times, but even though he did a good job performing it, but... The cinematography here is just out of this world. It is so awesome. Every shot, you could definitely tell there's so much craft and filmmaking craft here. And, and they definitely cared about what they were doing. But just the story is so silly and so long. It's so fucking long. But it's really entertaining. Like, it's 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 thoroughly enjoyable. It's just, it's held back by so many issues with the story i think but regardless it's it's still a fun time it's the film just trying to be super ambitious the one thing i really did notice this time around was i watched this probably an hour ago um and i looked at the the time like how the length of the movie on the blu-ray i was like oh it's probably like an hour and a half i'm like oh shit i literally didn't do my work today because i'm like this movie's two and a half hours long i need to get this done um so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a long movie, and I think it does take a while to get to the point, because once you finally get to the third act of this film, I think that's when the story really picks up, because there's so much investigation and lead-up and just kind of, like, lollygagging with Dane DeHaan, which I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but it's a lot of Dane DeHaan, because there was a point in this movie where I almost forgot Mia, Mia Goth was in it. Because well, she we're just, 45 minutes in, yeah. That's I true, mean. too. Yeah, you don't see her. I mean, you see her standing on a ledge, kind of, I guess you could say, foreshadowing his backstory with his dad, almost. But, um, you know, it's just, there's just a lot of dragging in I this I mean, movie. it is a lot of Dane DeHaan with this just, like, full thing of water, just, like... It's a lot of water, and I never hated it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you just have that sitting there waiting to do that? Yeah, of course you did. Um, well, that's what he does throughout the whole movie. And it's just like, dude, oh my God, it's water. <laughs> Easy there. But obviously the whole movie is about the water is like the poison that's rotting them from the inside out in order for them to squeeze out like the eel sweaty juice that is keeping them all young and, and pure. 
Well, all these people are going there for the for the cure, and he and this uh, this doctor, uh, was a doctor, Volkner or something, Jason Isaacs, Jason Isaacs, which I just think of like Jason Biggs. I don't know. Why? Um, imagine I don't know. Just that's what I think of when I see Jason. But uh, yeah, Jason Isaacs uh, plays this kind of evil doctor, which he just gets more evil as the movie goes on. But he's like convinced all these people to like a lot of like rich older people to just go to this place to get the quote unquote cure. And I actually thought this movie felt like super claustrophobic because like the second Dane DeHaan gets there, it's like an instant sense of just like kind of almost dread because everybody's like, oh, God, like, why would you want to leave? I mean, they are in the Swiss Alps. It's gorgeous there. Don't get me wrong. But like I'd want to get the fuck out the second I step foot on that property. The movie does a pretty good job at that, especially when the car car crash scene happens. You're just like, oh, shit, we're in this now. See, I, I think I just I liked it a lot. I, I don't know why. It's just the atmosphere and something about not being able to leave and it being out of your control just scares me because I've had nightmares before where it's like I'm trying to leave this place. And it's like, no, you can't. There, something's wrong or your means of escaping are taken away. And it's like the whole thing with his broken leg. I thought that was kind of smart because it's like psychologically making him think, crap, like that was a bad accident. Like I need to recover. But then as he slowly starts figuring out what is happening and he's realizing what what extent they'll go to to keep somebody there, ugh, it, just, it gives me chills to think about. And plus, I don't like eels like and just that imagery freaks me out just because every time you see it it's just not a jump scare but it's just sudden and like you'll see a flash or the sound of them moving against each other um like i knew what was gonna happen when he was gonna pull the lid off the toilet but i it still freaked me out (laughs) because i was like it's the Ugh. is it the slithering that gets you every time with the eels and the snakes? They're just unpredictable. It's it's the fact you can't that predict eels. It's it's the, it, it's all of them intertwined, and yeah, their bloodlust is just it's, it's almost like a shark. The, the blood hits the water so, and they piranha. take over. It's uh... one of my uh, favorite scenes in this movie that I forgot about until this rewatch was when uh, Dane DeHaan's character Lockhart finally agrees to the treatment from Jason Isaac's character. And he, they put him in that sensory um, tank, the water tank. The deprivation and, chamber. Yeah, the yeah. deprivation tank. And uh, they close like, the lid on him. And then obviously the guy that's supposed to be monitoring him gets distracted by this like ugly nurse, uh, which was just like, uh, it's What just, was there's that? There's so many uncomfortable scenes what? in the movie. But regardless... That scene though, with the eels that just like come into the tank too, and just like he has nowhere to go and whatnot, and just the his uh, oxygen tank uh, or mask falls into like the just a pile of the eels. That was terrifying. That was really really well done. Cause, like there's so many great sequences like this in the movie, uh, where it just it full on goes there with like the the imagery and just like the the creepiness. Because I mean this is Gore Verbinski. He he did the ring. I mean, he did the ring tape, and that stuff is right. just awesome. It's just, it's, it's just imagery, just like galore, just like disturbing stuff. And he does similar things here, but with the next movie story. Um, I just Sorry. fun fact during this scene. Uh, did you guys notice the book that the guy who was supposed to be watching him was reading? 
I couldn't make it out. It was something in the mountain or like... Yeah, I believe it's called the Magic Mountain. And it's basically a story about a guy who goes up to a hospital to like get somebody out and ends up becoming an an inmate. So it's basically like, oh, haha, wink, wink. Of course. No, that was going to be one of my trivias, but then I was like, no, that's kind of obscure. I wouldn't even know that. That's, I mean, that's almost the same thing as the the action figure, to be honest. Um, Just like, oh, this this one object in this one scene. Um, No, I was just going to say it. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, when the lid closed on the tank, that was apparently like the ring of like Samar's mm, ring was there for like a split second, but that was just a little Easter egg. Easter egg. No, I'm just saying that scene reminds me it had to have some inspiration from, like, actually, this came out before The Shape of Water, but it reminded me of a Guillermo del Toro with, like, kind of the Same green here. color tones, and that scene in particular, I mean, if you if you watch The Shape of Water, I mean, that thing is kept in a tank that's kept, like, in a secure facility and all this, and it's almost, in a sense, like, especially when you get to the third act, kind of a monster movie. A little bit. This guy oh, yeah. has been like yeah. experimenting, and like he himself is very much a monster. I mean, he's been he's um, hundreds well, of he's years created, old. <laughs> yeah, he's hundreds of the years Baron. old, and he's also been been part of creating like deformed children with his. I mean, there, there's a, so much weird, gross backstory with him, and kind of just like the lore of what's going on up here in this freaking facility. Um, you have to suspend Definitely. a lot of disbelief because the movie it does a really good job of keeping the audience like very like in the shadows and kind of like very mysterious like with Dane DeHaan because you're kind of re- learning things as the characters learn it too. Right. But yep. uh, it, it does have a sense of realism up until you get kind of crazy act. in the third act and yeah. <laughs> you just go full on like Twilight Zone monster movie. But it's 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 crazy. Yeah, and it's like so they so I guess maybe try to clarify this for, for me, but like the aquifer was there and they built this on top of it, like this whole facility. Like, did they find it? Were the eels already there? Maybe, and then they kind of like everything was born because I don't know if they went that far back in like the history of it, but that's kind of what I gathered as the eels. Like, this whole were, castle. Yeah, the eels were already there. The Baron figured out a way with the eels to do this type of treatment um, the whole filtering it's not really explained how or when but it was yeah just like through just he kept on taking villagers in from down oh below to bring them up and just kept on experimenting and then just history repeats itself and he did it again uh in these like modern times but yeah like he's able to keep himself and his daughter played by mia goth super super young because they're constantly ingesting what they call vitamins which is what mm-hmm. is the, the sweaty eel juice which is basically those pa- those patients that are rotting completely from the inside out uh completely dying but they're all just like with the high of the eel powers or whatever uh they're all in this like that iron lung kind of tank yeah yeah and um so they're all high and they're like oh this is amazing like why would i want to leave this place but yet they're their dying rotting corpse is like letting out this juice mixed with the eels like that's swimming through their stomach uh into this, these little blue vials and that's how they're able to take it and to stay so young and to it's like uh yeah. it's almost like alien where because like there's scene when he i think he's just drinking regular water because it's everywhere but like he sees the little <laughs> 
That's so exaggerated. He sees the little baby eel, which I don't even know. Maybe that's what they look like when they're little. But um, it just reminded me of like Prometheus and Alien and and shit. Sure. And I guess like when you when you put two and two together, like these things are breed are breeding within like the people in the Iron Lung. I think that's how the the eels are breeding. I don't well, know. He man. sees this it in one of the urine samples. Gross. So he, they're, you're basically they're drinking just like human fluid mixed with like eel sperm. They're basically human distilleries. Like well, they, once the body has that liquid and the eels inside them, whatever that machine does, it, right? Yeah, it creates it. So it's basically just Man. an unlimited supply of of just human guinea pigs. But what, imagine what, the trial and error to create what the doctor the did though, and you saw with Dan DeHaan's character is he slowly introduced the eels to the patients when they first start out to introduce it to their bodies, because uh, that's when Dan DeHaan when he's first drinking the water very aggressively. I won't do it again because I got water down my shirt. But uh, he's drinking the water while looking out the window, and then he sees that like little speck in the corner of the glass, and then he picks it up with his finger, and it's this tiny little thing, and it just it moves a little bit, and he flicks it away. That was just he, he the, the doctor somehow got these like microscopic uh, eels, and that's how they slowly introduce it to the patients. And then finally, when their bodies are just rotting, like with the teeth and everything, that Ugh, fucking scene with the teeth, dude. I was cringing. Mm-hmm. So Which one? Hard. Because there's <laughs> when the... Dane DeHaan is like realizing that it's like kind of yeah. rotted, and he's like checking it out in the mirror, and he just slowly pulls it, and then just full on, just the, everything just comes out and. Oh, that was a different version of what a lot of horror movies do. It's like they pull, I don't know, they pull like a string out of your fucking eye or whatever. I've seen so many horror movies do that, but this was him ripping his, uh, ripping his tooth out of his face. The director or editor will cut away after like the first initial like yank or something. Oh no, they don't cut away in this movie. They just full on keep the camera on and just let it come out with the special yeah. effects but it was what was worse though that that scene or when he the dude literally drills a hole through his fucking like that's oh worse oh my god dude because you can I hate see the you can I, see the thing just tearing up the tooth and then once it breaks through you kind of see him flinch and then it cuts to the next shot so you're like yeah i just got all the worst parts of that <laughs> just that was some really good special effect well i guess that had to be practical maybe because like the blood's coming around the side of his gums too. Like it was, that scene was so disturbing, but like really, really well done. It looked really realistic. And you could kind of tell when he had the prosthetic teeth and when he didn't. They just they stuck out. Like, yeah, he couldn't. He close would go his from mouth. his. Yeah, <laughs> and he would like sit there and look at you, and he'd have like, like fake just like dentures put in. And he's just like, oh god, yeah, these guys are trying to kill me, and his teeth are sticking out a mile long, like. On, they should have used Remy Malik instead, because then they wouldn't need the prosthetic <laughs> yeah, teeth. They I could mean, just use probably, his real mouth. If they, if they made the movie again now, cast Remy Malik. I mean, yeah, he would have made a some sort of credibility. He would have been good in this, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, John Mia Goth yeah. is in this movie. She is. Um, so she, she plays she, like a twelve-year-old, though. So I'm. It's a well, conflicting. She gets to use her natural speaking voice in the movie, which is okay. Essentially, That's the character because the character has yet to mature, uh, because she hasn't had her period yet. Even even though yeah. she's a hundred and something years old or two hundred, uh, she's very she's like very almost, old. She's two hundred years old. Yeah, but she has like. But she said she's like what like fifteen though, <laughs> like maturity wise yeah. and 
because they say like oh she never spoke till she was 11 and then i assume that wasn't all that long ago from when this movie takes place and it took until dane dehan takes her down to the village for her to finally get her period and become a woman and like wake up in a sense and like yeah yeah like the ballerina and she was even doing the dance like with her arms up like that um yeah uh mia goth man she uh yeah her voice is pretty awful though yeah her voice is awful um but it fits in this movie i think if this was her voice in some other films i've seen her in everest x pearl um, I might like them a little bit less because you I don't keep bringing up Everest and she's literally in it for like two <laughs> minutes. I don't it's a Mia Goth a movie. It's not yeah, a Mia Goth it. movie. If anything, it's a Jason Clark movie. And that's no, no, don't you dare either. put that evil on me. It's a Mia Goth movie. It's not though. It's not. <laughs> Yeah. We all know it's a Keira Knightley movie, so let's just move it's on. It's not here. that um, either. It's a Sam Worthington movie, and we all know <laughs> it. Don't fucking say that. No, Sam Worthington it's a hero that we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, not one we deserve, though. What do you think, though, is the strongest technical aspect of the film, though? Because I, I don't think it's script. I'm just going to full-on say it. Uh, I think the script aspect. isn't really... It need. I don't know if it needed work, but like, if I think the movie... There's a fantastic hour and fifty minute movie here, and maybe even a great two hour movie here. But the uh, Third, yeah. the length really much. was too much, especially on this rewatch for me. But that being said, I think the cinematography is just—it's so good for a movie that, unfortunately, isn't the best. But still, the cinematography is so fucking awesome here. No, I mean, I'll agree the cinematography is great. I don't think the directing or the script are the strongest technical aspects. I would honestly go with the with the editing because there's a lot of scenes where um, it's like he's in suspended animation, like in the uh, the tank, I guess, where he's seeing his flashbacks. And then there's the scenes when we're seeing um, like the, the flashes of Mia Goth with the snakes and stuff. So I don't know. I thought Eels. I thought that was with the eels so sorry yeah just the editing in this movie adds to the whole sense of just uneasiness that you get because this is not a movie that i like i was eating some pita chips and hummus when i first turned this on it sat there for most of the movie because i couldn't eat and the editing was a big part of that i think so and and the editing was used sparingly because they do show a lot and uh it works quite well i'm gonna go completely different and go the set deco this Ooh. place is so terrifying and just when he goes into the steam rooms and he just slowly like gets caught up in this maze Ooh, yeah until he finally crazy. finds that pembroke or whatever and every time he saw him i was just like oh my god like what are they doing to these people and just the way that they change and that mrs watkins character that woman oh, the historian lady yeah, yeah the, like yeah, yeah. the whole time you're thinking oh she's one of them but then towards the end you realize oh no she's kind of like dane dehan in a way she's kind she's of there into for the exposition lore. yeah like, that's what she's there for but i liked her character she's there to like to kind of inch him along and be like yes mr policeman you have some of the clues but here's the rest <laughs> of the clues <laughs> yeah but yeah he just the place is gorgeous and that there was a shot of 
Dane DeHaan sitting on a bench and it was like shooting out towards the mountains. I was like, oh, yes, please. Oh my God. The yeah. set, there was the one set design of, oh no, go ahead. There was one scene when I think it was the one of the first times when Hannah and Lockhart are talking to DeHaan and Mia Goth. They're talking um, by the fountain. It's like, like a little water fountain thing. Fountain, yeah, doing it's her on like the top of like song. the castle, kind of like overlooking like the CGI mm-hmm. Swiss Alps, which is fine. But yeah, uh, the shot was like really far behind. They were kind of silhouettes, but the mountains was in like full focus. Like it was just beautiful. And they kept on that shot for a while, like, even though it was like really kind of like, it was a wide shot, even though it was a dialogue scene. Uh, but it was just like, damn, <laughs> like they know what they're fucking doing behind mm-hmm. the camera here. Cause it's just, it's so gorgeous. And I think the Blu-ray definitely enhanced it. Cause I don't, I don't know what this would look like just streaming and whatnot, but this is the, this is a movie where when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, I'm really happy I have the Blu-ray here because like, I, I know you said like a 4k transfer would look, would look great and I'm sure it would. The Blu-ray just looked fucking phenomenal anyways. And I love that it was full screen too. It wasn't uh, the aspect ratio. It wasn't mm-hmm. like uh there wasn't the letterbox, which was perfect. So I, I definitely like that too. Cause it kind of, just enhance you into just like the whole dreamy weirdness that is this movie. Every 10, 20 minutes of his investigation, he goes down like another level of this kind of castle where he finds the people floating. And then like 10 minutes later, he finds the whole underground layer of the doctor with like the bed and the paintings and all the freaking like Mason jars full of like shit and eels and stuff like that. That was like, it, it turned into a whole, that's when it really felt like a monster movie there. So they did a, they did a great job with that as well. But like you said, the music, they kind of play the same song. Mm. Mia Goss' little, I guess the only song she really knows. That did uh, kind hum- of annoy me after a while. Yeah. Really? Just after a while, they just kept on cutting back to the, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go again. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't it, mind it. it is yeah. eerie. I mean, I found more eeriness in Dane DeHaan's like crutches, just like <laughs> down the hallway as he's like mm. trying to like find like another clue or something. I found that more mysterious than just like the la 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 la. Just like it's okay. just because you're thinking of Mia Goth in that interview, and you're just like, oh my god, like why? It's not I'm, that bad. I'm teasing it's, it, but the score itself though is really, really fucking good. It's it's yeah, solid. It's really intense. If, on, if only it had the original composer, Hans Zimmer, so, right? Hans Zimmer, man. Yeah, he was oh, gonna really? do it. Yeah, he was involved with Dunkirk, so he couldn't. Um, couldn't do it and then he turned christopher nolan down after dunkirk for uh, he turned it tenant down so he could do dune and he won the oscar for it so yeah good for him that's good i'm, glad, I'm that. glad that he's able to he's got the power to shut these guys down and be like nope yeah. i get what you're doing but i've got this sorry, <laughs> sorry nolan Me god said there's a no, new Me hot god guy in the market his him. name is Denis like, Villeneuve. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he, play, he plays the hot hand that's for sure um i guess what do you guys think why does this movie have a 42%? We, Spencer and I have been pretty adamant. We don't think it's an amazing movie by any means, but like that's that's rotten. That's pretty far rotten. 42, Probably, I mean, it's not the worst score in the world, but... Probably because it has to do with freaking incest and people ingesting animals and a corrupt 
uh, like healthcare system. They probably just looked at all this and was like, this is just blasphemy. This is terrible. Mm. Like nothing like this would ever happen. And it's like, well, like sanitariums in the 1920s. Uh, like, I think there was like a Massachusetts state hospital that was like one of like the most torturous and like devilish hospitals for the criminally insane and stuff like that. And that's just, they just critics don't like this shit. It pisses me off there. I said it. It's it's probably (laughs) just, it's trying to, it's actually smarter than I think we're giving it credit for. It's like, do we really know what's in all the food that we're getting at Publix? No, it's probably killing us slowly from the inside out. Do I trust my boss? Absolutely not. What is the definition of success? Because all these successful people still need to have a cure because they're just Mm -hmm. all miserable, fucking sad sacks of shit. I think the reason why this movie doesn't have like the big critical acclaim or anything, or it's the reason why it has the 42% critical and audience is because it's a movie that it's like a independent art house film with this, studio behind it a big studio behind it with a lot of money on the screen it got a wide mm-hmm. release it's two hours and 26 minutes it's a super ambitious movie that does ask a lot from the audience and it doesn't include like Nate said those disturbing themes with like incest and creepy imagery and just it's not a movie for the audience it's just like it's one of those movies kind of like where the um you guys all saw this uh the empty man like that was honestly like a, mm-hmm. an independent movie yeah. with a studio behind it with a lot of money behind it but just like it was so weird and asked a lot from the audience to really like sit there and l- watch a very slow drawn out kind of mystery where well you're kind of it, frustrated because you don't get an answer and then when you finally do get the answer it's fucking bonkers it is the most ridiculous fucking movie all of a sudden where it's like what he rips his face off and he's like all of a sudden like this like Hellboy, <laughs> or like, yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> like, what is this movie all of a sudden? But, like, if you are on board with it and you can roll with it, it is a fun time. And it, it just, like I said, there is so much craft behind it. So, like, I, that's why I think a 42%, I don't think that, that's not bad, but like, I see it. I, I definitely agree with it, but it's, there's a lot to appreciate with the movie for sure. That's just like, yeah. there's no question for sure. I mean, this movie does end up pulling all the punches. It it does not hold back in terms of the imagery and especially the subject matter. I mean, Mia Goth is, like, she just got her period at the end of the movie and then instantly is about to get fucking raped, like, graphically. <laughs> so, like, there, there's a lot of these, like, kind of psychological... Dude, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. But there, there's a lot of these, like, psychological horror thrillers that metaphorically they're just, like, a metaphor for, like, anxiety and depression and stuff. But this one is like, no, no, no. Like, this is an ancient, crazy, disgusting, incestual, like, <laughs> like I don't ritual. even know. Like, this rich, yeah, it's, it does not care what the audience thinks. And it, that's why it's surprising to me that, like, audience and critics, exactly the same score. But even after a second viewing, I look at this movie and I still don't really know what to make of it. Like, did I like this movie? I mean, my stomach turned. Was it a good movie? Yes. But how entertained was I throughout? Not quite sure yet. Like, I still don't know what to make of it because it's just one of those movies that is, it's thought-provoking but also so unsettling. I'm not really sure, I guess. For me, it's one of those movies where I definitely appreciate so much about the movie more than I do enjoy watching it. 
but yeah. it's like hereditary almost like but, where it's such such a good movie but that oof. being said i mean like the movie is just like absolutely beautiful and the fact that that a movie can be this ambitious with this much money behind it but with the with 20th century fox producing it like as a studio like that's just awesome and i think that i wish they would make these types of movies more often too just like they take these chances because nowadays like if this movie would just land on hulu and word of mouth might get around and go see it but this was a wide release in theaters that they pushed out it didn't really make a lot of money in the box office but i mean that was yeah that's expected almost I mean, less than half of its budget it its really? budget was 40 million and it made like 26 million yeah in, yeah domestic it's, not great. It, it's it's a lot to ask these days so like yeah go out pay money to go see this wacko fucking movie that is a throwback movie to the psychological thrillers from the 70s and like the 60s it's it's one of those types of movies where it's it's not like what they make nowadays <laughs> it's full-on yeah. just what they used to make and that is what i really respect about it even though I don't fully love it, I definitely, on this rewatch, I was like, oh, wow, I kind of totally see what they were going for here, even though it totally didn't work for me. But still, it's a fun time. It's like a good mix of The Shining and Shutter Island, yes. and I can see that. Shutter because Island for sure, yeah. Like, Shutter Island with the whole being unsure of, like, why you're there, why these people are here, what they're doing. But then The Shining with this isolation in the mountains, uh, you're told that this is going to be good and it does not end up good. It's just... I was thinking Shutter Island the whole movie because I could just see Dane DeHaan as DiCaprio's character kind of trying to figure out this mystery until it finally reveals itself where it's less of a... Less of a twist and more of just a revelation of, oh, this is what's been happening behind the scenes and eels it, and distilleries. It's certainly a twist, but like different from Shutter Island, because like if you're seeing this for a first time, the movie really does kind of like make you questioning the reality of what's happening. Because with Jason Isaacs, he's like, oh, you're sick. Like you came here because of your father. And, and then as a viewer, you're like, maybe he did maybe like this whole thing we saw in the beginning where have you ever had a 12 inch black cock in your in your ass is just all a ruse like it's not real and then he actually is just a patient there but i'm kind of glad it didn't go that direction because it almost would feel like a cop-out at that point instead it goes with the insane third act that it ends up going with and dane dehan is kind of the hero figure that was that had to have been a reference to the, to one of the opening lines of the film right uh yeah, okay. almost word for word. <laughs> yeah, <completely laughs> yeah. You that forgot about existed. that? Yeah, me too. Until I watched yeah, it again. She's like, you ever had a twelve-inch black dick in your ass? And he's like, what? That? Oh my prison. god! Like prison. <laughs> you want to hook somebody in the first five minutes of a film? That's what you say right there. Sure. I I guess. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> if I I will just say now, if I ever if I ever write a script, that line will not be in it. It will be completely twelve inches away. You ever you had a micro penis? You just in have your ass? one character played by John, where he gets to walk in and say that. <laughs> yeah, that's my one line. That's my fifteen minutes right there, baby. It's like a Me it's like a serious there. like it's a serious trial or something. John just busts the doors open. Hey. I have a question for all of you. Yeah? <laughs> you ever no, have a 12-inch wanna... black dick in your ass? Thank you. I didn't want to have to say it. That's okay. I've said it a lot, so. Um, mm. Yeah. But I so see here, cool. uh, 
Oh, go ahead. No. Um, I was going to say, Gore Verbinski, he's made the Pirates trilogy. He's done mm-hmm. Rango. He did the Lone Ranger, which... Is, uh, and he that did, was one of our first videos we did, was a vlog to go see the Lone Ranger. And then I yeah. came home and killed moths with a lanyard on my front door. So, I mean, he's done the franchise stuff. He's done the animation. He's done the horror. He's done the psychological thriller. He did a family drama. He did a Western. I mean, he, he has a lot of range. But I, I would love to see him kind of come back and do another original psychological type of thriller. Um, I just hope he doesn't cast Dane DeHaan again. I didn't think he was that bad. <laughs> He's fine in the movie. It's He's just because so hey, boring. It's just because his face is very just like not Dane DeHaan. Yeah, not very good at like showing emotion. But I thought he he did good at showing how he's almost convinced like where he's like all right look i came here to do this and i'm i'm gonna do it and you're either going (laughs) to come with me or i'm gonna drag him by his hair but then when like jason isaacs when he said oh yeah you're not well you came because of your father there's a look that kind of goes over his face where he's like wait a minute almost like it clicked like he just realized it but then he ends up just going mad anyway, because I had to look into that at the end, because he has this shit-eating grin on his face as he's riding down the hill. That guy's not well after this. He, he's definitely... Yeah, that... I forgot about that final shot, because that was an interesting way to end the film, where he's like, what does he say? Oh, I feel better or something, or I'm cured? He's like, I'm feeling much then, better now. Yeah, so like I don't think he's feeling much better. I didn't expect that. I guess well, you saw I expected the smile like a, on his face at the yeah. very very end. Mm-hmm. That was evil. That was an evil that was fucking very smile. Evil. Yeah, exactly. It made me yeah. think. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, did also, is he in on this? <laughs> the, the third act also. It really kind of pissed me off when his coworkers ran into them like, on the bike. In the car, and they get out. And he's like, yeah. "Get in the car, like we gotta go back." He's like, oh, "They conveniently just show up right now, right? Fuck off, yeah, no." And they're being total <laughs> assholes to him when clearly yeah. he's gone through some fucking legitimate trauma. They're like, "Go back up there and do and your it's job." So if my fucking boss like, that's me. No, I'm moving on with like this past life of being like super over ambitious and to work and my life. I'm gonna move on and just go have sex with this woman that's 200 years old and it's just hit puberty for some reason. So. Huh. My life's all fucked. No, uh, <laughs> she rides away. <laughs> Lottie dotty dot. What? Wow. What if, Careful what, on this. Okay. What if, what if this <laughs> movie? The movie. <laughs> what if this movie is a prequel to The Visit, and Dane DeHaan and Mia Goth <laughs> fall in love in the sanitarium? Holy shit, bro! They escape wow. and kill the grandparents. Okay. Just, I just, I just made that connection now. Just well, if was, Dane, as long as Dane DeHaan continues to be taking like the the vitamins, or maybe at this point they both stop and then they age effectively they to. to be old at that eels. point. That's right, they didn't take spe- it with them. Specific so to the location, it. yeah. Yeah, because it would all be destroyed unless they somehow salvaged a bunch of it and went back and got it. But, huh. But if, yeah, if she stops taking that, she will die rapidly, just rot out. Oh, yeah. He never took it, so he would probably be okay. 
he, no, he did just take probably it. like a couple times. He definitely took a few drops. He, he, I think he took it once when they were in, in the, the bar. bar. Yes. Remember what yeah. he said? It tastes like oh, a rot, it, like rotting seafood or something. Nope. Yeah, it's sweaty, sweaty bodies. Like sweaty, sweaty, sweaty seafood that something? tastes like sweaty seafood because that's what it is. It Spot was on. That's it disgusting. was sweaty seafood because it was eel and it was sweat from the rotting corpse. I'm gonna fucking puke, dude. I'm gonna puke. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cure for wellness. Um, so did you guys oh, get oh, into the oh, special oh, features oh, at all? Oh yeah. What's up? Yeah. Hello. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what's up, Brandon? Fun. Fun fact, um, this movie, I I think it's, it's also, it's an acronym. If you take the word aquifer, which is the water and everything that's under the castle, look at the title of the movie, a cure for, and then wellness. It's a well. They want to get you well. The aquifer is to get you well. Did you a come up with this yourself? For wellness. No, it's no IMDb trivia, oh. bro. A cure for oh. wellness. The aquifer will give you wellness. So it's like a play. It seems on like words. a reach, but I get it. I get it. It seems I like, like you're it's a force. Yeah, I like, it. It, I like it. That's why I think watching this movie a couple times, it ends up being a lot smarter than you first realize. Like if you can get past the subject matter, which I'm fine with, it. I watch Game of Thrones. I've seen a lot of, you know like horrible rape scenes and murder and incest so like that's not a problem for me for me the the issue that made me unsettled which is not a bad thing was the you know the imagery and the eels and the drilling into people's teeth so i I think i did appreciate this movie more this time around so i think that's a good thing i'm glad i didn't like it you guys i'm glad you guys heard that john prefers incest over gore uh verbinski um yeah i would yep the thing that doesn't really makes sense to me was what was the whole point with the beginning with the guy having the heart attack that was the guy he, that um that was supposed to go get Pembroke and then I know, Dane they, was sent and said oh why did he have, have a heart attack or like why did he die because all the all it did was to basically be like oh this guy died Dane you're going it's like the guy why couldn't they have just water. been like hey we he was drinking water, okay. doing work, had a heart attack and died. And the doctor has a speech about how, like, that's what successful people, that's how they die. They get so consumed in their work. And he was drinking water, which in this allegory, it was poison, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. He died because he was just overworking himself. Same with his dad. He died because he would let work consume him. And that was his only way of life, apparently. And that's what killed him. Dane DeHaan was going down that same path, too, until... Went to this place, a care for wellness, and he gets to exit, not caring about work. And that final sequence too, with the coworkers, like mm. get in the car. No, fuck you. I'm gonna go with Mia Goth and just hang out with my toothless fucking mouth. So, <laughs> I think it was all just metaphors <laughs> on work, success, yeah. care for wellness, getting out of that whole like work grind shit, and just embracing life. Gore Verbinski is a fucking weird German guy. I don't know. <laughs> that's a really good explanation <laughs> it's a weird German guy I don't know that's pretty accurate because like I still don't know what to make of it but I mean that you kind of made it made a little more sense right there um, 
I don't know if I've learned anything from this movie. Like, oh, I'm going to take the lessons I learned from Cure for Wellness and apply them to my life. Absolutely not. Like, I'm yeah, still going to work my ass off. I don't think I'm going to. And yeah, distill I don't, I don't it out of people gonna... through their stomachs and then take rich people's money and hire a bunch of hot blonde nurses to walk around and talk to you in a monotone voice. See, we all have the same dream here. I'm, I'm yeah. not hearing anything bad. <laughs> we could invest in some iron lungs. I feel like they don't really use them that much anymore because people don't have, like, one not person, very many people. There's one guy, right? I think there's one guy that's still alive because of an iron lung. Yeah, we and should all go I visit forget him. why. It's from, uh, what's the disease that people had to go in those things polio? for uh, um polio, polio. Yeah, yeah polio not yeah so maybe i'm sure there's a lot of them just laying around so we could definitely start this kind of thing up and <laughs> i'm sure there's ourselves. a lot of yeah. them lying around i'm pretty sure that they like stopped using them in the 50s well they and... didn't destroy them we could probably get our hands on some iron lungs all i'm saying we can and, do that in my apartment yeah that could be fun yeah um all right i'm in i'm in okay let's do it Cool. Final <laughs> uh, final thoughts on uh, a grade, but Nate can't go first because it's his movie, so he can pick somebody, right? Ooh. Yeah, I guess that, that's up to Nate. Nate over there. Eeny, meeny, miny, Jonathan, go ahead. That's me. Yeah, so I think this film ends up being a tall glass of water with a contaminant or two. Okay? I stole that right off of IMDb, but I thought it was the perfect explanation for kind of how this film makes you feel. There's a lot to take in. There's a lot of water, a lot of contaminants within the film that do, I think, bog it down a little bit. The biggest one being the length. I think the film is a little bit too ambitious. But if you were to cut out, you know, 15, 20 minutes there, here and there, I think the film is a lot better. Nate's saying 30. I, would, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, on a second time around, I really do think that I enjoyed it more now that I knew what I was getting into. Um, I may have lost the shock value or the shock factor of that final scene a little bit. Um, but I definitely felt the length because I kind of thought it was going to be like an hour and a half, two hour film. But it's undeniably gross and unsettling. But I think it actually went up at least a half a score for me this time around. Um, I do have an appreciation for this film, cinematography, music set design. I mean, there's a lot of good technical elements here and Mia Goth. So, Mia Goth is a is a half half star in and of itself if she's in a movie for me. So, originally I gave this a 3 out of 5. I gave it a fresh score. I'm actually going to go 3 and a half out of 5. I think it deserves it. Um Ooh. Yeah, I I really do. I don't think I still think it's a movie that it deserves a conversation and I don't want to watch this for a while. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you're into like monster flicks or, um, oh, I said his name earlier. It's the director of, Gore uh, like, Gore, uh, no Guillermo del Toro. Like if you're into those yes. type of films, like I still need to watch like Pan's Labyrinth and all these other like weird movies, but, um, they're just interesting and unsettling and there's, there's not very many of them, so and I think this is one that a, a modern day take that kind of deserves people to check it out. So yeah, go for wellness. Understood. Understood. Three point five out of five from Jonathan Mainstream Boy Whistlebritches. Thank you for your input. Yeah. Um, Spencer, baby. Uh, Spencer, little ducky. What's uh, what's what's going on, ducky quack quack over there? 
quackity quack quack quack. Yeah, so I said this before. I said this last week. Um, I have this logged on Letterboxd at a two out of five. Oh, wow. Because, like like I said, I don't remember much about this movie. I feel like I watched it when it was just on in the background. I was distracted. So I don't think I gave it the credit that it deserved, as in, like, fully watching it. And this time I did. There's a lot to appreciate here, besides Dane DeHaan. So I... No, no. (laughs) You need to appreciate him at least a little bit. He's fine. That's fair. He's fine. He's fine. (laughs) He's, He's okay in the movie. It's not a big deal, but... I appreciate it's this movie least. more than I enjoy watching it. Like I said, I'm not in a rush to ever really rewatch it anytime soon, but I think this movie is a perfect movie to put on if it's just pouring rain or a thunderstorm. You have nothing to do. It's kind of fall, October, kind of spooky season. This would be a good movie to probably put on and maybe double bill with uh, Shutter Island or The Shining, like we said. So yeah. I'm going to give it to Fresh. I'm going to go three out of five. Shape of Water. Three out of five. Okay. So two, two or three. Goes up a full grade. So I'm going to get three the fresh. To three and a half for John. So All right. It's fresh. It's well, a fresh movie. I liked it. I think that's no, a fair grade. No push-ups like this week. Totally fine. No Nate, Let it be a special Nate's thing. not going to go like five out of five or anything. I know he likes it more than us, but like, there's no way he would give this a perfect score. Well, when I first watched this movie, John, funny you say bring out five out of five. Mm. Um, when I first watched this movie, I gave it a four and a half out of five. Holy shit. I really liked it. This time around, I hated the ending. <laughs> With the oh, whole... you didn't really say that this in, in the conversation, but... Yeah, but but you guys basically took care of it for me. With the whole stupid rape down in the tunnels and then the... His face comes off, which is terrible CGI, and it all of a sudden it went from him being a pretty good villain to almost like a James Bond villain, where he's like almost indestructible, and he's I'm gonna come fight you, and then the heroine has to come and yeah finish him off basically. But um, I definitely didn't like it as much this time around. But it, it's not gonna I'm not bringing it to like a three or whatnot. I'm, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I could watch this again just because it has the element that I like, which is the the unsettling, not sure why I'm here and if the reason I'm here is justified. And just the whole insanity and the mystery behind it, it I, I really like it. Where he's just on his own search to find the truth. And all the stuff that he sees is just sinister and diabolic. And I don't know. I just, I think I just really liked it. And I'm really pissed off that Dane DeHaan did not get an Oscar nomination. Um, But I saw it coming. I saw it coming. You're going to die on that hill. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) He's, he's good. I just think it's like the, all right. The, the shot of him floating in the water with his boxers on was so laughable and i think it was like mia goth went in there and saw him but like all the other like old people are in there like tidy what tidy white are just full nude and then dane dehan's in there with his white boxers just like in his pasty white skin and it, <sighs> it was nice to not see him talk for a second i'll say that i'll agree with john that. it's okay you, you you guys can admit it this is the greatest performance of this the century like come on yeah, oh, dude, the scenes when he was getting tortured were fantastic. 
I th- oh okay. Um, I think Jason Isaacs <laughs> should be in a lot more. He was like the unsung hero of this movie he's as far as like stuff. acting. He's always like, the villain. He was in and in Mass though. Oh, he was heartbreaking in Mass. Oh, fantastic! Oh, I haven't he's seen Mass. I'm I forgot hated. about that movie. Oh, he should have been nominated yeah. for Mass. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's Lucius one. Malfoy. I mean, he's yeah. the king, and he's also the villain in the Patriot. I mean, you can't forget about that as well. So he's <sighs> always he's always a great villain. I think he was Captain Hook as well in one of the Peter Pans. Uh, so it's like, well, it wasn't wow. Hook. It wasn't Hook. So I, think, sure I think it was the, Rain the, Man. The one that was called Peter Pan. That was not really good, but. Yeah, no, if you need a villain... He was in Scoob. Uh, yeah. So he played a villain he was in, in Scoob, Scoob yeah. too. He was in Armageddon, yeah. you know. <laughs> He's been in a bunch of movies. Is he? Oh, he is. He worked, He's in, like, the room. He's got goofy geek glasses on. Okay. No, he plays the asteroid. <laughs> yeah. Jason Isaacs <laughs> as the asteroid. Jason. That's the asteroid. I get it. <laughs> asteroid. Yeah. His face is photoshopped. His uh, giant face. <laughs> Oh, I wish. I well, wish. Anyway, that, well, well, that, well, that was a little cure for wellness. <laughs> yep. Happy Sorry. Thanksgiving, pilgrims. That was a cure for wellness. Yeah. Uh, it is not streaming, so you guys can rent it, or if you own it already, you know, give it a watch. You already listened to the episode, so let us know what you think of this. Go yeah. buy it at your local Bull Moose. We may or may not have spoiled the entire thing. Uh, you can either get it on Bull Moose, or I would get it on Amazon. I think it's like 12 bucks. Yeah, well, that was kind of hard I to find, on to be eBay honest. For. We always discover this yeah. as the movie's been picked. But, you know, it is what it is. But next week, uh, it is going to be December 1st. Going to kick off your December. Uh, we're going to watch a movie that John has never seen before. And it's going to be a rewatch for Nate and I. But it's going to be the first time oh, I am yeah. watching this in I've 4K. Forgotten. It is the criteria oh, I'm just kidding no, I'm not going to do it to Nate it is <laughs> oh, thank Eternal you. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind on 4K Kino Lorbor so I'm excited to check this out has a lot of special features uh, it's the first time it's on 4K I haven't even opened it yet so um, really excited to dive into this and to get John's thoughts because he is a big uh, bleeding heart when it comes to romance movies it's his favorite oh, genre that, of I films love Jim Carrey, too. and this is one of the most unique out there, wild, weird fucking romance movies that exist. So, curious to dive into this one and discuss it with you guys next week on the podcast. Uh, I think it was on Amazon Prime for a dollar ninety nine rental. The last I saw, I don't know if it still is, but uh, that's where uh, you can check it out. It might be on the cock. It might be on Peacock. You can check. I thought it was on Netflix uh, for a long time. It it could be on Netflix too. That's the thing; it floats around. That's the thing with it's hard to keep track these days with streaming. But I'm excited to check it out on 4K. So that's what I'll be talking about next week with you guys on the podcast. Those movie dudes. I was just looking at the regular Blu-ray, and it's it it wouldn't get here until next Wednesday. Don't do this. Don't do this every time. (laughs) I won't. I just I gotta just buy them ahead of time. I think like right when we do the reveal show, you can just watch them. That's all we. Know, that's all we need I, from you. I, um, I'm on the. I'm on the binge now. I need the physical fucking copy on my shelf. I understand, but it's okay. Watch your turtle sunshine and the spotless mind. Come back on the podcast feed next week, December first, for the special. Let's get physical.